Hello there. Hope you've been doing well. Thank you for tuning in to the narratives where we delve into the lives and lived experiences of women in India. We take a look at research and the lived experiences of people and see what it all means for mental health. I'm Shweta and with me I have Preeti and we are your hosts at the narratives. Every month at the narratives we have two episodes that explore an umbrella theme. This month we've been talking about the unique circumstances of mothering. And in today's episode we're going to be talking about adoptive motherhood. Through the course of this episode we are going to be exploring the mental health of mothers by adoption and look at all the different factors that influence it. I think a good place to start this episode would be to first understand what adoption is in the first place, right? So, as per clause 2 of section 2 of the Juvenile Justice Care and Protection of Children Act 2015, adoption refers to the process by which a child is permanently separated from their birth parents and becomes the lawful child of the adoptive parents with all the rights, privileges and responsibilities that are attached to the biological child. In India the process rules and regulations that are involved in adoption are regulated by the Central Adoption Resource Authority or CARA which is a statutory body of the Ministry of Women and Child Development Government of India. Okay wow that was a mouthful but now that we've got all the technicalities out of the way why exactly are we talking about adoptive motherhood at the narratives? I think uh if we circle back to the definition that you were mentioning Shweta I think it becomes pretty obvious you know we needn't look further than that because I think it becomes when we look at the definition itself it becomes pretty obvious that adoption is not just a small transitory life event it marks a huge change and transition for the new parents the child and the birth parents as well This has led to a reasonable amount of both academic and non-academic literature attempting to understand the mental health of all of these parties involved the adoptive parents the birth parents and the adopted child but today's in today's episode we are here to talk about the adoptive parents specifically or rather the adoptive mothers and their experiences Exactly. So, as with birth mothers, adoptive mothers too have to experience a significant transition as they welcome a child into their lives, right? A study that was done in 2019 reported that the rates of uh, adoptive parent depression can be as high as 32% due to the higher levels of stress, a lack uh, the lack of sleep that parents go through, and even general alterations in the relationship between the partners who choose to adopt, right? To further complicate this picture mental health through adoption is not only impacted by the changes that accompany adoption uh, itself but also the very process of adoption in other words this process of adoption can as a whole can be a significantly stressful um, endeavor right yeah i mean by the sound of it definitely and you know according to this uh, very very eye opening article that was published in the wire The report indicated that in India we have as high as 29000 parents waiting to adopt a child but only 2317 children available for adoption. Let's just take a moment to let that that discrepancy between those two numbers sink in. 
you know this obviously leads to a very excruciating waiting period for parents who want to adopt and this discrepancy has been attributed to the extremely low number of abandoned children in india who are actually placed under institutionalized care this article actually reported that only 0.87% of abandoned children are placed under institutionalized care in india yeah exactly i think that's that in itself like throws so much light on how this process of adoption is so complicated just like the waiting period in itself right and furthermore i think adoptive parents in india have also reported to have returned their children's po- children post adoption due to their child's inability to adjust to their environments in fact um, i think uh, according to the same article that preeti mentioned right between the period of 2017 to 2019 about 60% of children who were returned were girls and 24% uh, of those children were those with special needs and one study that's the one that we spoke about earlier also reported that the mental health of adoptive parents is significantly influenced by the levels of disruptive behavior of the child the gradual adjustment and increased experience of raising children and even the levels of competency that's reported by the parent considering all of these very diverse sets of information i think we can put one thing together not only is the period before adoption slightly stressful and distressing for parents but so is the period during the process of adoption and the period that follows adoption while adoption can be an extremely rewarding process it is confounded by various factors that absolutely need to be addressed though adoptive motherhood may not be influenced by you know like we've been speaking about before it's not influenced by the hormonal or the biological changes that are associated with the process of pregnancy right but that said it can still influence the psychosocial context of the mother to talk about the various intricacies and nuances of adoptive parenting and motherhood today we have with us miss gayatri abraham miss gayatri abraham is a mental health professional and social entrepreneur while her work experience was in the domain of public relations marketing and sales miss gayatri has always been interested in women and child related issues and has been involved in various activities and volunteering experiences alongside her professional career She holds an undergraduate degree in nutrition and diet dietetics as well as a postgraduate degree in anthropology. She also holds several certifications in psychological counseling and is currently pursuing a postgraduate degree in counseling and family therapy. About 5 years ago, Ms Gayatri realized it was time to consolidate and realign her work and personal goals to be in tandem with having a sense of meaning in life and giving a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment. Being a parent by adoption herself, Ms. Gayatri came up with the idea of a startup in the adoption space. On August 15th, 2017, the idea crystallized as Padme, a go-to resource site for prospective adoptive parents and parents by adoption, and for society at large to initiate conversations on the topic of adoption. Padme Foundation became a registered trust in 2018. Padme Foundation is one of the first in India to offer counseling services for therapeutic, psychological and emotional readiness for adoptive parents. Apart from her work with the firm and Padme Foundation, Ms Gayatri contributes 4 to 6 hours every week as a counselor with Parivartan. Uh thanks so much for being here with us today ma'am. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Um something that I'd really like to start off with is can you first tell us about what are the challenges that are associated with being a mother by adoption 
to start with once the child has been adopted in the system then it's your child and you're a parent adoption or biological are two options to expand a family when we start reframing our language then you see the differences in both options become lesser so to me i think you know at at our foundation especially we have been trying to reframe language and language is important in the whole adoption process as well right um thereby mitigating all the other concerns you know that 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 creep up and pop up uh in during the parent child relationship itself so um i i would think that you know it's important for us to realize that once the child has come into the system then the child is your child and the parent is just a parent like any other and uh, adoption is just a legal process uh to expand your family so <clears throat> if you look at parenting right it's challenging be it biological or adoption yet in parenting through the adoption route certain nuances have to be kept in mind for example one of them is telling a child about your adoption identity or if it's adoption of special needs or older children adoption each of these categories will have its own unique challenges and the experience uh, is very subjective adding to this of course there are the day to day challenges of parenting which remains more or less the same for both categories okay all right uh, something that i'd also like to know about is uh, there is a little bit of uh, uh, data on how uh, the way that uh, these challenges actually manifest uh, differs according to whether the uh, the adoption is closed or open right so can you tell me a little bit about whether the challenges that are associated with being a mother uh, actually varies depending on whether the process of adoption was closed or open so i'm going to just look at it from an indian perspective and what what is the law say in india about adoption and what are the processes that we abide right by so in india it's closed adoptions okay and in closed adoption parents by adoption and birth parents do not share their names or contact addresses and have ongoing contact after the baby or child is placed for adoption and so here again when the root search arises right jj act has made certain provisions in the jj act uh, for the root search which which is important you know for parents to be aware um, as this can uh, you know at any point in time if a child uh, who's then an adult um, is curious and wants to know about the birth history or the birth parents then there is a provision which is included but it's all of this is disclosed to the child when they become an adult at 18 and not really before that so in india i think the context of closed adoption prevails and it's not open adoptions at all so the question doesn't arise in terms of what's good and what's bad right or what what has pros and what has cons so if you look at it now at 18 the right of the child to obtain information about their origin uh from where or, or where their biological parents are uh, all of that can be provided okay and can be obtained so the adoption agencies 
can facilitate root search for the child or uh, then the adult if they desire to know the history you know of course the maturity and the age of the child also has to be taken into consideration that's that is why they have said at 18 okay uh, also the child's rights must also be balanced against the right of the birth parents not to have their identity disclosed to the child as well as the right of the child through adoption adoption should not infringe on the biological parents right to privacy now if the biological parents have at that time of surrender of the child expressed their willingness in writing to be contacted by the child then an adult when they are grown up then all rele relevant information including identity and address of the parents can be disclosed to the child to the adult then but if the birth parents have specifically requested anonymity then only reasons and circumstances under which the surrender was effected can be disclosed so there you know and there have been some situations where birth parents have left some articles etc with the child during the surrender process and such articles you know can be preserved by the agency and given over to the child when they become an adult right when they come to do the root search Another important factor is a root search by a third party cannot be permitted at, or permitted at all and the concerned agencies or authorities cannot make any public um, information relating to the birth parents or the parents by adoption or the child by adoption. So, so in, in a sense, you know, there is not, it, it is not like what would be the impact or what, uh, what is better, right, whether it is closed or, you know, uh, open adoption in India the process is a closed adoption for various factors you know uh, so that's how you know um, it it plays out in India all right ma'am moving on from that um, I wanted to understand a little bit about the mental health implications of the transition to motherhood uh, specifically for mothers by adoption can you tell us a little bit about that now here again mothers experience postpartum is seen in both the routes right it's not only prevalent in mothers through the adoption process but it's it's prevalent even through the biological process now various factors lead to this depression anxieties and fears around parenting um going are you going to be a good enough mother you know or settling in with the baby or the child readjusting your own life and then the family societal expectations so many things come into play so you know all of these things can impact uh, you know uh, you know um, the mental well-being of the mother uh, uh, through the adoption process um, and it's also like it's it's you're also going out of the comfort zone and doing something which is not really um, the process that one has opted for or the what the society or the uh, societal expectations would be right so there are a lot of these factors that play in right um, when you're coming in and so you know just observing yourself and being aware of all of these things could mitigate all of these anxieties when the child joins in yes ma'am definitely agree with you there and uh, picking up from something that you also said actually that 
uh, things like depression and anxiety and things like that can actually happen when uh, when a baby comes home, right? So this po- this phenomenon of post adoption depression is actually a very commonly recorded uh, phenomenon even for adoptive parents. Uh, actually, a study by uh, Foley and colleagues in 2016 reported that close to 71% of a sample of 129 adoptive parents experienced at least mild levels of depression after adopting. Uh, so, ma'am, my question to you is, what do you think are some of the risk factors and precipitating events for phenomena such as these? What do you think, ma'am? So here again, not just slotting it as a mom through adoption or a mother through the adoption process. While adoption process itself, you know, if you look at it, the wait period for the child joining the family in a typical category of like, you know, say zero to two itself today is taking about three, three and a half years. So that whole wait period itself causes some amount of anxiety for parents. And, um, you know, the uh, that's one part of it, right? And then the whole process of adoption, right? It's time consuming. It's, you know, you're, you're looking at, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're making decisions which are uh, with not really particularly a long period of time that you're given to say yes or no to a referral, say about uh, 48 hours to say yes or no to a referral, right? Um, and in that time period, you have to have the clarity and make a very informed decision that you're going to go ahead with these decisions and with a referral, okay? And the unknowns which are associated, okay, uh, in terms of the, you know, the child's history or the birth parent's history, none of this is in record or, you know, not every uh, detail um, has been recorded for for you know the fact the fact of the matter is that many of these um you know if 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 the child is coming through the uh, uh has been placed in adoption because they were abandoned or uh, often then most often than not you don't have clear cut information on any of these areas okay um so so that's you know the process itself is you know it cause it can cause anxiety for some parents um and for couples okay and then that's i'm i'm talking about all of this in the pre adoption phase and how you're mitigating and navigating through these years of wait and then looking at the referral and then finally making the decision right it's it really because you're in that process you're not really looking at uh, the emotional aspects when you're going through this you're just getting the job done and moving from one documentation to another and and then the child arrives right then that's one part of it now the second part of it is you know if you have you know if couples have gone through long periods of uh, fertility treatments and if they've not processed that and you know if there is some residue left in in those spaces okay that can also impact in the post-adoption phase, okay? Um, I'm not saying it does, but I'm just saying that it can impact. So processing all of these things, the grief and loss of not having, because in India, if you see a lot of it still primarily, primarily adoption is not an, is the first option. It's still an alternative option, okay? Uh, so when couples and parents are coming in from these spaces, then it's important for them to also 
you know process these losses before they make that informed decision on adoption now uh, as i said a sense of inadequate inadequacy right especially uh, when uh, when you've not experienced mother motherhood through the biological route uh, that needs to be addressed as well in the pre adoption phase now if none of these are addressed okay uh, adequately and you've not introspected and you've not prepared yourself they could be you know they could be i'm not saying there is always but you do see in the post adoption phase once the child comes in you know uh then there are these you know one is that whole waiting period itself which was energy and time consuming and uh, nerve wracking for parents right and then going through that whole documentation and processes during the referral okay and then finally finishing all of that and then settling in with the child right these are the things that can you know uh you know exacerbate symptoms of you know anxiety or fear and sometimes you know leading to mild depression okay then self doubts right of you know of as i said earlier you know of whether you're going to be a good enough mother um and if you don't have a support system in place for your emotional and physical um requirements a uh, lack of support from your family or your spouse then this becomes more difficult and 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 that's when you see you know when all of it comes together is when you see you know my levels of depression and you know associated anxiety and fear in the uh, settling in period okay all right uh, ma'am can you also tell us about how how significant are the reactions and support from extended family members to a couple's decision to adopt a child and to the child subsequent uh, you know even adjustment to the family you know family support is important especially in the indian context of adoption where you know uh, it's like even your neighbors become your families and everybody is interested in your welfare right um, and everybody takes part in that piece of your life so it it becomes an important context um garnering the support is important however the decision to adopt and expand one's family is solely the couple's decision now many people have preconceived notions on adoptions and prospective parents need to be prepared for the onslaught of questions raised by family or friends you know some of them may be completely insensitive and may have incomplete information on adoption itself now bursting myths at the initial stages is important as this eases the process of bringing the child home now prospective adoptive parents must be armed with correct information on adoption and respond if effectively if there is you know a trace of guilt or regret when insensitive and uncomfortable scum about in a discussion then that does not help the situation okay constantly engaging educating and sensitizing family members and important friends will bring about a change in mindsets and it's it's work in progress uh patience helps um and uh, you know um and it also depends on what you want to share with whom and how much do you want to share with whom right and also understanding boundaries in these spaces is important okay so the mother child relationship is something that's very 
important to uh, an individual's attachment that they have and they take on into their adulthood right so that being the case um is there a difference in the mother child relationship uh, for uh, mothers by adoption as opposed to biological mothers yeah you brought in an aspect of attachment which is which is something that you know uh, one needs to you know uh, be mindful and you know travel that path uh, you know with awareness while this is something that we see in all relationships right attachments whether it's secure or insecure or avoidant or you know and how do we then develop secure relationships right between the parent and the child which is an important context in any relationship whether it's the biological context or whether it is in the adoptive context now it really depends also on how the second part is it really depends on how you view and perceive adoption okay adoption is not superior or inferior to the biological road so if everything is going to be there is no different kind of parenting so to say you know once you become a parent by adoption of course you have certain nuances that you keep in mind but it's not really something that you have you know you look at it through a different lens um if parenting is seen through the lens of adoption then they then one sees problems only through this lens okay shifting to a ch- child centric approach during the developmental years is helpful and not slotting every child or adolescent related issues to adoption any behavior or attitude or anything that is coming up during the developmental years you know if you're going to be on this you know sitting on the fence and waiting to kind of slot it in the adoption route does not really help the situation because a lot of the times it is a child centric problem which you see in every developmental stage okay ma'am i definitely agree with you there um but another thing that i also wanted to understand about the mother child relationship and attachment is that is this impacted by the age of the child at adoption what do you think ma'am in your experience so once if the child arrives earlier right between 0 to 2 years okay um most of the times you see that you know the it, uh, a lot of it is mitigated okay uh, the developmental milestones from an emotional nutritional you know um uh, spaces and emotional spaces are mitigated and can be mitigated okay uh, however i'm not saying all of it okay so in most case situations i'm talking about now um if you look at uh, you know an older child okay in this context coming in for uh, being placed in a in a family then of course you know it it is not necessarily just the attachment it is about different experiences for the child itself at that age uh, moving in from a birth family because they would have had some sort of an experience there okay and then moving into the child care institution and waiting to be placed in a home so the older child has different experiences in different situations and in different systems now these things have to be kept in mind when one considers a child uh, you know an older older child okay so it, to your question it varies 
um and a lot of it is also parenting uh which is very crucial and it's it's also about you know giving space for the child to settle in okay um and and then creating a trusting and a nurturing environment which will subsequently lead to a secure attachment you know and also it's important that you know how family uh, families hold the space during the transition for the child joining in and i just wanted to also add to this right like it's like any other relationship when you move from one life stage to uh, the next family stage to another now each of these stage will have its unique challenges and poses different you know um, set of concerns okay and outcomes depending on how uh, uh, you know uh, everything is uh, done during these stages right now accepting and owning the adoption narrative is critical for the emotional well-being of the child through all these stages now during different stages different things will be coming up in the relationship between the parent and the child and how parents hold space for the child and adolescent is crucial at, in all these stages yes ma'am those were all very uh, important points i think to take away from this discussion that we're having that there are all of these different factors that you know such as parenting and uh, the ho- holding the space for the child and allowing them the time to adjust all of these which actually um, help to create a secure attachment for the child so thank you for bringing that up um another question that i had related to this was that uh, was about the presence of other biological children in the uh, in the home so do you think that that has an impact on the a relationship between the mother and the uh, child who has been adopted now again here i would uh, i would say that all of this depends on how the family perceives and holds space for the child for both right for the a child who's come joined through the adoption process and for the child through the biological route as i said both routes routes are the same in 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 terms of it's it's about making a choice it's a choice that you've made okay um so in 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 terms of like with you know with children of course preparing the uh the biological ch- child is also important you know um i think that is very very important for the family uh, and not spring it as a surprise because a child uh you know through the biological route would be at a at a certain life stage at a certain developmental stage and you know and sharing information uh about adoption um you know in 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 a in a manner which the the child can process at their cognitive developmental stage is important too you know so it's all about actually again how the family is setting the context so a lot of it it lies with and the ownership and the responsibility lies uh, uh with the couple who are preparing and who are taking and making this informed decision to adopt 
something else that i also like to talk about is uh, transracial adoption right there is a lot of literature that covers the concept of transracial adoption and also like the uh, various challenges that are associated with the same for both the parent who adopts and also the adopted child i think there was also a paper by brashears if i'm pronouncing that right that was published in 2019 that covered um, uh, transracial adoptive families in south africa in specific so something that i'd like to understand is uh, Uh, how do transracial adoptions actually play out within the indian context well identity become identity becomes important not that it's not important in the domestic adoption but also in in the international adoption it comes with certain other dynamics right like racial or ethnicity color especially during the adolescence when anyway the adolescent is separating from separating away from parents and individuation starts happening at that point in time now how parents can navigate and mitigate concerns around this stage is important now see in india it's close adoption as i said okay versus most countries outside which are open and close so when transracial adoptions happen uh, or uh, you know parents coming from outside of india to adopt children from india then one needs to also keep in mind the legal processes in india okay while it's in a lot of countries outside it's open and closed india as i said is is uh, closed adoptions only okay now what are the challenges that can come in right as i said identity and a sense of belonging i think those are the two important aspects that you know that probably one sees um in 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 all of these adoptions okay now if you look at how important is psychological and emotional and social readiness in this aspect i think it's very very crucial okay for parents uh you know opting for adoption now you know um um uh, you know uh, international adoptions or you know foreigners or prospective foreigners looking at adoptions within the country now there are few things that i see that i've seen with people uh, um you know um you know it's the gender as i said the ethnicity the culture the food you know um uh, those habits and those you know regional habits and all of this come into play right in even in the domestic adoptions i mean india is so vast and so diverse in in that sense right each of our states has its own nuances and its own culture and its own little you know um societal norms built it so you know navigating these spaces is important and all through the narrative for the child would be and wanting to belong and to have a sense of identity okay now for interracial adoptions and intercountry adoptions okay uh one of the things that i've heard you know um people talk about or couples who've done uh, you know adoptions outside is you know telling the child their story of adoption and the people from whom they came from and you know to normalize that experience right i mean uh, we do that even in the domestic context we do that even when you're about to tell your child about their adoption status okay this is something that you normalize that whole experience then giving the child access to culture right from where they came from music literature arts media food you know 
cultural activities or even religious groups if that is what uh, you know the family is uh, you know seeking for now creating opportunities for the child to take in cultural and racial experiences right um however being attuned to the child's stage of understanding I mean, is very important to understand that allowing them to make some choices on on how and how much and when to engage and these choices change when they grow with age and development then you can also have mentors where you had your uh, a child was adopted from right in whichever country you had adopted the child from okay communicate to to your child that that you're learning for your personal growth as well and having these mentors okay in that space where the child was adopted from then give that under unconditional support and ex acceptance of their experiences right while they're processing and developing their own identity okay be an ally and then keeping in mind that developing a healthy racial identity is not going to be easy for the child okay and it's a long long haul it's hard work but there have been some positive outcomes okay um and i said like you know always connecting uh, to your child to the international homeland tours and culture camps and provide some opportunities till they get comfortable with themselves now if you look at india as i said right i mean spoke largely on interracial adoptions but if you bring that context into india considering that the fact that india is also diverse country where diversities run along the lines of region religion caste and so on okay as you'd mentioned one would say that you know it's important if you take northeastern adoptions okay case in point uh if a child is mapped to parents deep down south one of the most uh, the very obvious uh would be the physical attributes now how do parents navigate this space okay one of the most important parenting attributes or what the parent can do here is provide the skills and strategies to the child to navigate any challenges or questions coming for them uh on on their physical attributes right and if you look at it a lot of what happens in the interracial adoptions can be used even in the domestic adoptions when you see you know such diverse you know culture so i think once you start looking at it and not having boundaries right and uh, then i don't think this will pose such a problem and time and again and i mentioned this and in all my interviews that you know adoption is not about religion color caste class or race i mean it's it's not about that okay it it should be boundaryless it it adoption should go beyond these narrow lens and perspective okay what does become important in anyone's narrative or the child's narrative is a sense of belonging and identity and as as you know as humans we want to belong uh, to one another with our families to our culture to our country to the world it's a very it's a belonging is a very primal uh, functioning right um and 
and it's a psychological leveler lever as well i mean in that sense so our interest motivation health and happiness everything is tied to this belonging and identity and that's something i think we need to keep in mind for children uh by adoption as well to feel loved and belonged and how do you create these safe spaces for them to to be loved and to be to belong and being open and journeying with them i think is very important yes ma'am definitely i think that was a very insightful um answer and it was very beautifully put thank you so much for that uh bringing our uh, very fruitful conversation to a close uh ma'am i wanted to ask you about some effective strategies for uh effective mothering for uh people who have chosen to become mothers by adoption which i mean strategies that can support both their mental health as well as the mental health of the child what do you think ma'am okay here you know what i would say is this right i mean once you're making the decision to adopt okay it's important to you know look at preparedness and go for some counseling sessions as a couple see whether both of you are on the same page for this you know for individual single individuals or adopting i mean it's you know having those areas explored you know um how how it's going to be for them to be a single parent and explore those areas i think that would be the start for me right okay i would recommend every parent to go through some preparedness counseling or join you know a uh, preparedness sessions and understand and have clarity on the reasons that you've making this decision okay and then everything else becomes simpler okay uh when it becomes overwhelming right i'm talking about at any stage whether it's in the pre or during or post reach out and ask for help and support you know have a safe space to speak of your vulnerabilities vulnerabilities right that can be a that can be a start having a safe space to speak of your own vulnerabilities fears worries you know uh, biases any of these things okay start with that okay then join peer support groups sharing perspectives and listening in that you're not alone in this journey can be helpful and most importantly you know also uh you know um permission to make mistakes and repairing those mistakes in your journey of parenting with a child parenting a child right um through any of these spaces it doesn't matter whether your biological root or the adoption root i mean just you know taking time um and you know don't being hard on yourself and giving permission to make those mistakes connecting emotionally with a child and tuning inwards okay so for connecting with emotionally with your child you need to tune inwards which will then help you to connect with the child i think that's that's really something that can be helpful and of course you know self care you know making it a priority taking time for yourself taking those breaks and not being hard on yourself um having a support system that you can depend on and trust you know i think this i think um would help you to mitigate um a lot of your concerns uh while you're parenting 
Okay, ma'am. Uh, thank you so much for uh, those very actionable steps that we can take away from this conversation and anybody listening can take away from this conversation. Uh, and yeah, with that, we come to the end of this uh, very wonderful conversation that we've been having about adoptive motherhood and the various uh, challenges that are associated with it and also what people can do to overcome these challenges. Uh, once again, thank you so much, uh, ma'am, for taking your time out to be on the Naritas today. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And uh, once again, just to reiterate, um, adoption is a legal process. It's one of the ways that one becomes a parent. Uh, it's a choice that one makes. Um, and when the child comes in, it's your child and you're a parent we can leave you know adoption you know uh, uh, <laughs> you know not labeling all of your experience to uh, an adoptive parent or an adoptive child because the child was adopted and now you're a parent and enjoy your parenting journey In today's research snapshot, I'm going to be talking about a paper that's titled Adopting Minds, a Mentalization-Based Therapy for Families in a Post-Adoption Support Service, Preliminary Evaluation and Service User Experience. This paper was published in the 42nd volume of the journal Adoption and Fostering in the year 2018. The paper was authored by Nick Midgley and colleagues. Uh, just a forewarning here that this study was actually about adoptive families at large and not specifically about mothers by adoption. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to find any relevant studies about mothers specifically that were published in the past two years. So let's go with this study and we'll see how you guys like it. So before going into the details of what the study was and what was done in the study, I think it's important to um, clarify a few concepts first. Uh, so the study was about the something called mentalization-based family therapy. So first of all, what exactly is mentalization? Uh, Shweta, where, ha where have you heard about the concept of mentalization and what do you think it is? Yeah, uh, as far as I know, I think mentalization is basically the ability to understand one's own and others' mental states. So I think this allows each one of us to think and reflect about our own as well as others' intentions and emotions. Um, I've heard about it with, uh, in, like, within the context of even borderline personality disorder, right? I think this, has, uh, this concept of mentalization has had particular application in the understanding and treatment of BPD. And... It has also been theorized that this ability is a component of healthy personality development and it is achieved through a child's secure attachment to the parent. Great, thanks for that. I think that clarified what mentalization is, essentially just your understanding of what you think, what you feel and what others think and others feel, right? So how was this uh, incorporated into therapy? So uh, the incorporation of mentalization into therapy is called mentalization-based treatment or MBT and it's a psychodynamically oriented psychotherapy which is conceptually rooted in psychodynamic thought and attachment theory. Uh, like Shweta mentioned, 
Mentalization is a concept that's, you know, uh, discussed in the context of borderline personality disorder. And so is this therapy. So it was initially developed to address the mentalization deficits in patients with borderline personality disorder. And the idea behind this treatment is that by addressing these deficits in the ability to, you know, understand your own and other people's emotions, um, MBT can sort of decrease the problems with impulse control and also regulating your emotions. And when that happens, the idea is that your interpersonal functioning, that is your interactions with other people and your relationships with other people will automatically improve. So this treatment is said to be integrative in nature and because it incorporates a lot of elements from a lot of different schools of psychotherapy, including uh, cognitive, psychodynamic, systemic and social ecological uh, schools of uh, attachment theory. So yeah, so that's a little bit about what mentalization is and what mentalization based treatment is. And uh, Shweta, do you think that that's enough uh, information to get started on what the study actually is? Yeah, definitely. I think you really explained that very, very well. So yeah, I think we can get into the study now. Okay, great. So in the current study, the mentalization-based treatment was actually adapted uh, because usually it's used in the context of one-on-one personal psychotherapy. But here, the current study is talking about an adaptation of mentalization-based treatment for families. And uh, this is abbreviated as MBTF. F stands for families. And that's how I'll be referring to it here on. So MBTF was designed to address the issues that are faced by adoptive families. And originally, it was actually developed as a transdiagnostic intervention for use in child and adolescent mental health services. And... uh, Once again, the assumption is that the difficulties in mentalizing, that is the difficulties in understanding your own and other people's emotions, have an impact on family functioning, especially because of uh, the feelings of being misunderstood that arise when a lack of mentalization plays out in the family context. I mean, that's pretty understandable, right? If you don't understand your feelings and the feelings of others in your family, that would automatically lead to feelings of being misunderstood on both sides. So, the main goal of the MBTF treatment is to improve the understanding of each family member's behaviors and feelings by promoting their ability to mentalize in everyday situations as well as in stressful situations. So, the specific form of MBTF that was used in this study was called Adopting Minds, which was designed keeping in mind the specific challenges that are faced by adoptive families And it seeks to directly address these issues to help both the adopted children and their adoptive families. I think uh, we've had some sort of an inception that's gone on here. So first there's mentalization-based treatment and then there's mentalization-based treatment for families. And here we're talking about adopting minds, which is a form of mentalization-based treatment for families. Uh, I hope you're all on the same page as me. But uh, jumping right into the... Uh, design and the methods that were employed by the study. It was a pre-post evaluation for all the families that were accessing the services and in, and and as well as an interview with a subsample of those people who participated. So the study took place at Corum, which is an NGO in the United Kingdom and the Adopting Minds intervention was offered as a therapeutic intervention 
within a wider post adoption support service that this ngo was actually providing to all of the adoptive families in the area so 36 families were recruited for the study between september 2015 and december 2016 and the families were initially offered a short term six session intervention and uh, the quantitative analysis of the pre post outcome data showed that there was a reduction in emotional and behavioral problems in the children and increased levels of self efficacy in adoptive parents so here i think uh, what we need to understand is that this treatment not only focused on the children but also focused on the parents so there was a, uh, there were benefits that were seen for both and it was also reported that the parents experienced increased levels of confidence and felt more effective in their role as parents by the end of the therapy and i think they're all very very uh, important findings that are also ecologically valid for uh, parents who actually face these challenges when they have uh, a child by adoption okay so going on to the qualitative phase of the study and what the qualitative findings uh, told us so there were semi structured in depth interviews that were conducted with five of the families who had completed uh, this intervention of six sessions and the aim of these interviews was to gather more about the actual experience of taking this therapy beyond just you know the questionnaires and numbers and all of that so through the analysis four superordinate themes were identified and i'll go briefly into each of these four themes uh, so the first theme that was identified was that um, all of these families re- reported receiving support and containment so families actually described how the therapeutic space acted as a supportive and containing environment for them and it was a place where they felt like they were actually being heard and actually being listened to and this helped them to talk about their anxieties fears and worries and i think this is one of the fundamentals of what therapy actually can do for us not just in the family based context or in the context of adoption but just psychotherapy overall uh the second theme was that uh, people found therapy to be a space where negative feelings were allowed and achievements were praised and uh, you know alongside feeling supported three of the participants all of whom were mothers spoke of the fact that their therapist did not judge them as parents one of the participants even described how she went to therapy feeling that you know she was not fulfilling the role of being the quote unquote good mother and for her it meant a lot that the therapist acted like someone who you know reassured her and reassured her that it was okay to not be a quote unquote good mother and uh, the third theme was that therapy was a space where people could get help to deal with their past experiences so all of the parents uh, who were interviewed mentioned that their children or even themselves in the case of one of the mothers had experienced difficult times during their early years which had affected their current lives and how you know they were behaving and interacting with the, with other people currently so four of the families actually felt that it was these sessions with the therapist that helped them to acknowledge their past and to be more conscious of how these you know past experiences had shaped them and their current relationships and uh, some of the families even spoke about how their therapy helped them to become more conscious and to accept their family uh, situation and the difficulties that they were facing and some participants even said that the sessions were a place where they could use these theoretical frameworks especially about attachment and the effects of early trauma 
to think about how past experiences had impacted their uh, adoptive children one of the participants even stressed the importance of being offered information on how past experiences and trauma affect present family interactions and led to difficulties and uh, the reason i elaborated more on this theme was that i think this is a a theme that uh, probably a lot of us have to take away into you know our own lives and uh, and you know learn from that anyway the final theme was that short term support is not always enough so despite the fact that uh, for most of the families therapy was an overall very positive experience the majority of them did feel that this you know short term therapy by itself was not enough for achieving the change that they required or to deal with the difficulties that they themselves or their adoptive children were facing and some families even felt that it was a combination of things including the therapy that it influenced the positive outcomes and uh, some others even questioned whether they could be 100% sure that it was therapy that had actually helped considering how short term it was just six sessions right so yeah those were the quantitative and the qualitative findings of this mentalized mentalization based treatment for families called adopting minds i know that that was a lot but yeah shweta what did you think of the study and its findings yeah that was a really really interesting study i think uh, it's really interesting how they actually took some uh, took an intervention or a treatment that will that has been um, proven to be extremely valid and effective for so many years right and uh, they've taken that and put in, put it within the context of not just families but also adoptive families i think that's one of the biggest interesting parts that i found in the study and i i really love how they address the concept of self efficacy and confidence and all of that among parents because i think even in the introduction right we spoke about how there's such a direct relationship between the perceived competence that parents have by that parents by adoption have and the mental health effects of the same so i'm really glad that they covered that and i think we've spoken about this in the at the narratives and at mathra like for years uh, sorry months together and i think uh, i love how the authors have addressed the concept of mom shaming within the context of um, adoptive mothers right like about how they have their own experiences of feeling like they're not a quote unquote good mother and i think that becomes all the more obvious within the context of adoptive uh, of mothers by adoption and yeah uh, lastly uh, they did address like the past experiences that was another thing that really caught my attention the past experiences of the parents and how that can influence their mental health and the child's mental health and things like that that just goes to say how important the lifespan approach that we've been sp- speaking about since I don't know when like that that how that is so important even within the context of adoptive parenting right so yeah it's really interesting the study was really interesting and uh, kudos to you for explaining it the way that you did preeti i absolutely enjoyed listening to you and the way that you were talking about the study so yeah i i think um, th- these were my takeaways from this study thanks for that very subtle compliment uh, shweta but you know another thing before we close the research snapshot that i wanted to uh, point out was that um, the participants in this study as i mentioned uh, reported that the intervention of six sessions was too short for them to address all the issues that they had right and uh, i'm just thinking you know when we take this in the con- context of india and uh, how things run here 
this raises a lot of issues, you know, because if six sessions of an intervention was too short, do we in India have the infrastructure to support long term or even these short term psychotherapeutic interventions for adoptive parents? And if not, what cost effective measures can be implemented? You know, that some some real thought needs to be uh, given in that direction. And uh, along these lines, I was also thinking, you know, if not actual uh, therapy, if not uh, full-blown psychotherapy, are there other ways that adoptive parents can at least be psychoeducated? And because, you know, one of the participants in the study mentioned the importance of getting information about the impact of early life experiences on their current familial dynamics, right? So from that perspective, is there a way to ensure that parents can at least get psychoeducated when they are uh, going through with adopting uh, children? So, yeah, I think that's a very important uh, point that we need to keep in mind while uh, discussing things like research on adoptive parents. One of the things that really stood out for me across uh, our discussion, uh, the discussions that we had in today's episode is that despite all of the challenges that are faced by adopted children, uh, what can really turn things around is the parenting the, the, that is uh, taken up by parents by adoption. Uh, like our conversation with Ms. Gayatri also highlighted, Things like giving them the space to adapt to their new environment, giving them the space to transition to their new environment and also being mindful um, and owning up to the adoption narrative are all things that can really ensure that they have uh, an optimal uh, relationship with their parents and also that they develop uh, secure attachment styles as they go on into adulthood. So I think that's what was my key takeaway from today's episode. What was it for you today, Shweta? I absolutely agree with uh, everything that you mentioned. And I think in addition to that, something that I could really take away is the very fact that it's very important to not differentiate between uh, or discriminate between um, mothers who uh, adopt and biological mothers, right? I think that starts with the kind of language that we employ itself when we say adoptive parents or adoptive mothers. And I think it's really uh, important to acknowledge that, you know, like uh, what even Ma'am said, that adoption is just another way of extending your family. And I think it's very important to look at it that way too, in order to break past the kind of stigma or even like the mom shaming that comes with uh, being uh, like be, uh, becoming a mother through the process of adoption right so yeah i think uh, that's the biggest takeaway i have had that parenthood is parenthood despite um, like irrespective of um, what route that an individual uh, takes in order to extend their family yeah definitely and i think that's a great note to end today's episode on and yeah, with that, we wrap up this episode of The Narratives where we were talking about adoptive motherhood. Please do take note that all the research studies and other sources cited in today's episode, including the research study that was spoken about in the research snapshot, can all be found in the show notes below. While we hit the books to prep for the next episode, you can make sure to stay tuned to all things Matru by following us on all of our social media, the links to which you can find in the description. See you next time.
The Narratives is produced by Matra, an initiative launched under the 2021 cohort of the Fortis Young Mental Health Advocacy Program by Fortis Mental Health.